The information provided on the Finesse Your Money podcast is not intended to constitute legal, business, financial or other professional or product advice. It is provided as general information only and is not intended as a substitute for personal advice from a qualified and licensed professional who is familiar with the facts of your particular circumstances. Ever asked yourself where your money is going? It's a common problem for businesses and people personally. Is it dumb luck to be successful with money? Or is it the smartest and most successful businesses and people that plan and know their numbers? Is your money out of control? In this first season of Finesse Your Money, we're focusing on challenges for businesses right now and practical steps that you can take to overcome them. We've also got some awesome tips from our guests about what they are personally doing to keep their money in check. Finesse Your Money is hosted by me, Janine Wilson. I've been a financial advisor for 10 years and an accountant beforehand for, well, more years than I care to say. And I'm the founder of Finesse Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to Finesse Your Money. Today's guest is Shalana Prosper. Shalana is the founder and principal of Grow and Prosper. She's a CPA who partners with business owners and really gets to know their businesses, what their plans are and helps them to execute. Grow and Prosper came into being in 2019 when Shalana decided to start her own business after 25 years in the corporate arena. Welcome, Shalana. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Uh, tell us about what carried you to start up your own business. It sounds a little bit like a cliche, and I think everybody reads about it in a story that, you know, where somebody takes a bit of a left turn in their career. I actually did have a serious illness a couple of years ago. And then I was made redundant last year from my role. And I'd been feeling for a while that I wasn't adding value anymore. So I wasn't shocked and I wasn't terribly upset. But then it left me with the dilemma of, you know, what's next for me? What do I need to do to move forward in, in my career? And I guess, you know, there was two options. I could dust my resume off and go back into corporate or I could actually, you know, take a punt and launch in and uh, I know you and I we had a plan about 10 years ago to you know do a partnership together and that sort of you know wasn't right at the time but it's um it's really really odd because in the last you know when I first started out it seemed like opportunities were just falling into my lap without a lot of effort on my part it wasn't very structured and it wasn't very intentional they just you know opportunity just seemed to come my way which is which is great. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. And it just sort of then reinforced to me that I was on the right path because it was easy. It wasn't the struggle that I had. It's still a struggle, but wasn't as much as what I anticipated. Yeah. And I think you're right there, Shalana. I mean, basically, when you're in a startup mode, and, and I'm, you know, I started my business in 2018, and I'm still in startup mode, and that can go on for sort of five years. And so, you know, as, as you say, things can often fall into your lap in the beginning, but it's really about systemising things and, you know, keeping yourself getting out there and, and keeping generating that interest. For you and I, a lot of it is, you know, giving back to our community, um, which Absolutely. is really, really, really important right now. So a lot of it is giving back. I have for a long time had the philosophy that givers gain. So tell me, you know, can you tell us more about what uh, it means for you to help local businesses grow and prosper, which I love the name, by the way. 
I married well, I say. I married well. That surname's my married name, so I made a good choice there, I think. And I think for me, particularly locally, I'd spent so much of my career in the city and away from my local community. Uh, it was important for me when I started my business that I didn't immediately go back in and uh, get a serviced office on George Street, that I actually Ouch. stayed in the area. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> that's not to say that in some time in the future that that's not going to happen, but like my recent experience with businesses is actually empowering them to be confident in understanding their numbers, in understanding things like quarterly bass lodgements, that they're not a mysterious accounting requirement that they understand decisions that they make in their business and the, and the flow-on impacts with that. And also, I guess, to empower them too because I always view it as a partnership. I don't view it as me coming in as a uh, qualified advisor, leaving my instructions and then departing. I always work with the business because I believe that one of my key aims is virtually not to make myself, well, to make myself redundant in terms of the day-to-day, mm. empowering the business, and that should allow them then to achieve their goals, have a good roadmap, and be confident that those goals are actually achievable, you know, from the plan that we agree together. Yeah, and I think right now your phone's probably running off the hook a little bit because so many businesses are looking to pivot, but they really don't know how to do that. I mean, I can't count how many business people I've been talking to in recent weeks that have had to pivot their business and go entirely online. I guess from my perspective, I was quite fortunate in the fact that a large percentage of my business was already online, so it was quite easy for me and I was very accustomed to, you know, online meetings and all of that sort of thing. But for many people, that's, you know, like learning a foreign language and so I could only imagine that many people are really needing that kind of support right now. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And because we're slightly out of the city where we are, I think also businesses here and something that I've always loved is that they are very much um, face-to-face with their customers. They're very much customer-oriented. Nothing is too much trouble. They've got time to chat. Even though you may be buying a service from a local business, it's not necessarily always a transaction-based opportunity when you walk into their shop or place of business. And I found also that's sort of been very, because I'm a naturally um, inquisitive sort of person, I'm quite interested in, uh, you know, the person I'm speaking to and what they do and how they do it. Um, that certainly that face-to-face initial contact has enabled me to pick up clients because I'm asking about equipment that's on the floor and how their business is going and what their plans are and things like that. So moving it online has certainly been a challenge for me and I think also for um, businesses because they're trying to navigate how do I get that same interaction from a customer service point of view That same personal approach. Yeah. Mm. So what values underpin you and your business and why are those values so important to you, Shalana? I think integrity and uh, curiosity. Uh, Integrity, 
you know, may seem like an obvious one, but I think uh, unfortunately in our profession as accountants, it can sometimes go by the by in terms of perhaps an accountant accommodating a client's request uh, for something that may not be entirely in the spirit of the law. But I think that, you know, once you set that, you know, line in the sand, it makes it very easy then to talk to your clients because then they have confidence in you that whatever you're suggesting is based on that value of integrity. And then the next one was curiosity. I think that even today, I think a lot of people, when that, when you tell them that you're a CPA, you're a public practising accountant, as I now am, they just automatically, their mind just automatically goes to, well, you can do my tax. Mm. And I can certainly do their tax and I can, you know, certainly do all of the compliance structured pieces. But I think that value of, you know, like curiosity is, you know, tell me more, you know, tell me more about why you think, you know, that's the service or that's the report that you need. And sometimes once you ask that, you dig down a couple of levels, you actually find a very base underlying sort of concern of the business owner which may be to do with cash flow it may be to do with staff it may be to do with you know hours in the day and he may think by asking for a particular report that that's going to give him back those hours when perhaps a more detailed discussion and more questions that are asked can actually get you a better solution rather than just delivering what they're asking Mm. that's good advice and I think um for me and, and listeners who know me well would understand and know that I am always saying to people, know your numbers. It doesn't matter whether it's your personal numbers or your business numbers. You absolutely must know your, your numbers. And I've seen it quite a lot, actually, where I've gone out and spoken to groups of business people where, you know, oftentimes you'll ask them the number and that numbers and they'll be able to tell you their position quite easily, but then you, you know, pivot and ask them their personal numbers. They have no idea. People, you know, don't know what they're spending day to day, week to week, month to month. And oftentimes I think businesses, particularly in startup mode, where they're really getting involved in the day to day and, you know, they get a bit bogged down on the doing instead of, you know, coming up to that more, you know, vital strategic thinking type of area that uh, it's really easy to get off track and not understand your numbers. So having someone come in and challenge you on that and ask you about that with, you know, a great deal of curiosity and and really, you know, illustrate their integrity, (laughs) Uh, you know, I think people um, in business, particularly in that sort of situation, really want to know that they've got someone who's got their back. Absolutely. And I think having that conversation around their business that they may not be able to have with anybody else either. You know, one of my clients, he wants to do a whole lot of things in his business, but just didn't have the right person to talk to about them. Mm. Uh, Certainly his wife was supportive in the changes that he wanted to make in the business, but she just couldn't sort of give him a roadmap as to how they were going to do that. It was sort of like, yes, that's great. And it all sounds great. But how do we actually put that into action? So and when it's sometimes yeah. just that first step, you know, what are the steps? Chunking it down. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, I worked with him, providing him just really, you know, simple tools. It sounds a bit boring, but, you know, just even putting his processes down on a piece of paper, very, very simply, very high level, 
just so that he and his wife could work closer together in moving the business forward because a lot of, of all of the intellectual property about the business, about the costings, about, you know, the processes, they're all in his head mm. and they weren't written down anywhere. So it made it very difficult for anybody else to assist him when he got busy, when he got stressed, when he got overwhelmed. Being a small business, these sort of things were quite critical but, you know, for better or for worse, where we find ourselves at the moment, um, you know, he's like a lot of Australians in that his business has declined. But on the flip side, he's now, we've been able to work closer together to actually put those processes in place. He's got the headspace to actually step back and have a really good look at what he's doing and work on something that when they get busy again, he can put that into place and it will just be business as usual. He won't be trying to madly run a business and put a new process in on top of that yeah as you know i work with people looking for succession planning for their business and you know one of the first things i talk to them about is what are their systems and processes what is the you know unique proposition or process that they've got and is it all on paper is it someone's in someone's head Um, The value of a business isn't just in the products or services that you sell. It's in the systems and processes and those assets that you've developed around that business that get, you know, your clients coming back and and allow you to have people to help and support you and help you ultimately transition out of the business and extract the most value from your business in the longer term. Absolutely. And, you know, you're right with, you know, the succession planning and what that actually looks like as to whether or not the uh, business owner actually leaves the business or whether he just brings somebody in on an arrangement that allows him to step outside of the business. I've even talked to some business owners about, you know, if they were to be ill, if they wanted to go to Europe for an extended, you know, period of time when all these bans are lifted, how is that possible if you don't have those procedures and processes in place so that your customer, for all intents and purposes, doesn't know that you're no longer day-to-day in the business because everything works, everything happens and the look and feel and the uh, delivery of that service or product is unchanged. And I think a lot of that as well comes back to really exploring your brand, you know, your you, who you are as a brand and the business as a brand and then making sure that everything aligns with that brand because then that allows that sort of very seamless transition for businesses. And, again, that's such a huge value add. And, I mean, I know that many people were in the middle of, you know, this COVID pandemic Uh, And at the end of the day, many people are panicking. But really, you know, if you view it as a time to really consolidate and build assets, they're going to benefit you for the long term. I mean, that's a win in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. And and like I said, I think those businesses that make that what they're now terming a pivot, going from that face-to-face to that virtual offering, are going to, you know, like they're basically going to be stronger on the other side as well because they're going to know that it doesn't really matter what external conditions happen, that they've got a strong business model and a strong sense of what they offer through all this, that they it doesn't matter what the delivery channel is, you know, their business remains unchanged and it, it's a really hard thing to sort of figure out when you are so overwhelmed and so stressed by the news that's coming out of various channels, the constant government 
offerings as well. Um, there has been confusion around that because they've sort of been drip, 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 drip. But again, it's everyone's got a new routine because we're not getting in the car anymore of a morning and coming home of an evening. We're all at home, I hope. All of those sorts of things. There's a lot of change on a lot of different fronts that business owners, because for themselves and also if they've got a team, I know that some of them are struggling, particularly if they're quite an empathetic leader, they are struggling themselves with how to balance their emotions with the emotions of all their team as well, trying to get them their team to a point where they're still productive and they're still able to push the work out while being cognizant that, you know, they may have a drop in productivity simply because they're also feeling a degree of overwhelm, whatever is going on for them with their personal life as well. And I mean, I think that that's one of the biggest things that I've learned in the in the past few weeks with so many people working at home, I've myself taken some executive coaching just to help me get through this time and, and keep me really focused on the, the important things. I know when this all started, I mean, so many of us were just glued to the television and I just oh. had to stop watching the TV and limit myself to 30 minutes a day. And then, as you say, so many things were coming out of so much information and, and lots of incentive, not incentives, but support packages from the government and, you know, understanding what they were and yourself and myself and another accountant we know jumped on with a group of our business colleagues and, you know, helped to explain what that meant. So we were sort of giving a lot to the community. So I've learned the importance of, you know, making sure that you're okay and so are your, the people around you. So, you know, having lots of check-ins and things. And the other, thing, the other thing that I've learned is that, you know, lots of businesses I've been speaking to, they've really closed their book to any new business. They're really just focusing in on communicating and supporting their clients that they currently have. Those are the things that I've learned. So tell us three things that you've learned in this past month, Shalana. Uh, I've learned the power of Zoom, the power of a virtual meeting. Uh, I've even learnt that virtual drinks are actually quite good. I've joined a few new community groups because I'm, I'm getting business coaching as well. Mm. Uh, so my business coach started a, a group with people like me, her clients, and we've had drinks together. And that was a lot of fun because, again, it's that, I guess it's a similar situation to when I joined a mum's group years ago when my first child was born. And it was really great to get to know the other mothers because all their babies were about the same age. But the other thing was is that if you thought you'd had a crap week, you'd go along to the meeting and somebody else had had a worse week and you went, oh, well, that's okay. Like if they're still here and functioning and everything, I can get through next week. So I think the virtual drinks are sort of serving that purpose. I myself have decided that, you know, I need to... I now have the time, I guess, to also look at my online presence to, you know, look at what I'm putting out of Facebook and LinkedIn and really look at my website and make sure that it's functioning 100% because prior to this, a lot of my energy was being put into uh, face-to-face, mm-hmm. going to meetings, going and having coffees, going to seminars. Uh, so it was a lot of travel, a lot of, you know, interaction. My online presence was something that I knew I needed to do at some point, but I put more store by those face-to-face, building those face-to-face relationships ahead of that because I thought that will come. My online presence will come, but at the moment, in order to build my profile, I need to do it face-to-face to build that credibility. So I think, you know, again, moving 
with this current situation moving online and having the space to do that and i think you know pretty much the last thing is just how important a routine is just having that like you were saying you know limited exposure to news of a morning you know maybe doing some meditation every other day just to clear that headspace so that my mind isn't always circling back around to everything and also I'm quite lucky like we have a backyard with green grass so you know when it's been a nice day just closing up the laptop and going and lying out on the green grass and looking up at the sky just something that's really very simple but really on a you know sunny day trying to fend off my dogs because <laughs> of course they find they see you lying down and they just launch themselves on you but you know like that, those sort of simple things just to to keep it, all the anxiety and everything and the overwhelm down so that I stay productive and I can keep moving forward. I think that's a really important point. Uh, at the moment, with so many people working from home, you know, we really need to take opportunities to try and decompress. And one of my big concerns is about, as employers, we still have a duty of care to our workers, even though they're now in the home. And if there's been some issues in the home beforehand, they may well just escalate um, and so I've been actually talking to a, a, another friend of mine, Janine Lee. She has a domestic violence um, business that actually helps business plan for those sorts of things and, and you know, get some really good messages out there. So if, if someone does need that sort of assistance, um, let me know. I'm more than happy to put you in touch with Janine. Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank yeah. you. You know, to the coaching thing, you know, we've both said we're getting coaching. I mean, I think it's important to for people to understand that it's just natural to feel a little bit this way in this time, but, you know, also important to have some strategies around decompressing and, you know, making sure that you're okay and the people around you are okay to the extent that, you you know, is possible. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, because we can't be there for everybody. Otherwise, you know, like if you keep giving, you've got to find some way to fill the bucket again. Yes. Um, yes. Which is very important. So, exactly. So, what are the most important lessons that we'll take away from all of this current situation and that will help us be more robust people or businesses in the future, Shalana? I think we're all going to figure out that, you know, it is possible, I hope, to be productive from home. And a lot of the naysayers in the business world uh, who maybe were not on board with that concept before, hopefully their eyes have been opened. And I mean, of course, you know, we're very fortunate to be living in this time as well where we've got products that allow this sort of connectivity. I mean, if this pandemic had hit 10 years ago, we wouldn't be able to be having this conversation right now and we wouldn't have technology to assist us to stay connected. You know, we'd be sending carrier pigeons or something, you know, smoke signals it's to so our colleagues, you know. Hilarious. Isn't it that in a time where we're so socially disconnected, it's actually made us be far more connected and get back to our values and, you know, enjoying the more simple things in life like time with our family and you know, time socialising, even if it's in a different way of doing it, you know, the way of the future. Uh, so oh. you know, fascinating stuff. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. And I think, like I said, I think it's opened our eyes to what is actually possible. Until this time, a lot of it has probably been hypothetical. I mean, my, my husband, prior to this, had been working from home two then three days a week and he was fortunate to be able to be doing that 
But I think a lot of businesses still were quite reluctant to, you know, and rightly so. I mean, you know, there are some serious things around OH&S that if, you know, what happens if you don't have the proper seating, lighting, ability to arrange a home office in so that you're safe? You know, what happens if you have an accident at home while you're working? All of those things, they shouldn't be made light of because they certainly are concerns and it can happen. And unfortunately, this this pandemic has taken that piece out because it's more, you know, public health and safety rather than the individual. Yeah. Hopefully, it's, I, I know I've worked for companies where, you know, senior people are just rushing from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting, not actually doing anything, but I guess being a senior person, they've got teams to be doing. So I'm hoping too that this allows a business to step back and maybe rationalise some of those meetings, actually look at them for, you know, are they adding value? Are they actually necessary? You know, and for businesses to look at, we are employing responsible and hopefully quite creative adults who have been able to figure out how to do this. Hopefully businesses have come together as a team to figure out how do we get through this together, not the manager going, you know, follow me and and this is what we're going to do. Hopefully it's been a more collaborative time for business. Yeah. So what have you done personally to get control of your money in this crisis and what have you done as a household to focus on your money? I mean, have you cut costs or really, you know, looked at what you're investing in or, you know, what what sort of things have you been doing to get that under control? And the reason I ask this is that, you know, 99 people out of 100 if they have a household budget, they don't stick to it. They, most people I speak to don't know what they're spending. So there's a lot of leakage. So what have you been doing to get your money under control, if anything? Yeah. Well, I've got a, I've got a few loans apart from my home mortgage to do with investing. So I've reached out to my bank to actually look at putting them on hold. I mean, some of them do have redraws on them. So one of those balancing things that, you know, yes, I could, I, I could be in a position where the bank could just continue, you know, I could stop paying in and the bank could just then uh, take my monthly instalment out of the mortgage and one of those loans covers an investment property so my concern obviously is that if the tenant is unable to pay that means I've still got a mortgage to pay so I've sort of been preemptive yeah. and in contacting I, my bank. I think as well you know the government's come out and said that you know there's going to be some protections around tenants. Absolutely yeah, absolutely and I and I have no I have no qualms with that at all you know I've got a friend who's single renting in Balmain so very high rent. She works in hospitality. So uh, I've been encouraging her to reach out to her uh, real estate agent to talk about what the options are before because, you know, she was lucky. Her hotel that she worked at was one of the quarantine hotels. Right. So, you know, a fortnight ago it was looking like her hours would be cut drastically and then all of a sudden they've had this, you know, the hotel went from basically 5% capacity to 90% capacity overnight. But again, once they leave, once they, you know, uh, do their 14-day quarantine, they're going to leave, the hotel will become quiet again. And I've encouraged her to have those conversations before it becomes an issue about I can't pay my rent. I think it's a really important thing to be proactive right now. (laughs) Yeah. And I've even sort of advised, like, so I've, you know, like I've contacted the bank. Uh, I'm actually going to contact my insurance company because a thought occurred to me that a lot of our household costs around transport and petrol have plummeted. 
since because we're just staying home we're not going out we're going out maybe once or twice a week locally to get the groceries and then come home but of course my um, car insurance is predicated on the fact that I'm actually going and parking it at a train station a couple of days a week so I'm actually going to ring them today to say is there any possibility because basically for the foreseeable future maybe the next six months and also because I now work for myself I'm not going to a place of work somewhere in the city or northern beaches you know what does that look like for my car policy now I think a lot of people would may also help with their you know household expenses as well just have a look at their insurances as to you know what they're paying for how the policy is written you know reaching out to somebody like you or you know an insurance broker certainly to because even though we're still working from home we no longer have to commute so we've got a lot of time now in our day and a lot I think a lot of headspace to potentially look at those things as well even your schools like my my children attend a catholic school and i've advised my friends as well that if they're experiencing hardship to reach out to the school about their fees being a catholic school you know they can offer them a range of options yeah. around that and like i said i think in a good way we're, none of us are alone in this it's not like we have to explain to the other person on the end of the line, regardless of who you're ringing, whether it's the bank, a business, you know, your council for the council rates or a school, everybody understands that we are all affected equally, you know, maybe some more than others, but very few of us are immune from what is going on, yeah. unintended I, perhaps. <laughs> other things I've been talking to clients about is, you know, making sure that you're getting the best value for your money as well. I mean, many, many people have Foxtel subscriptions, but they're, you know, not watching all the channels anymore. The kids might have grown up and moved out, but they're still paying, you know, the premium at the top level. So have a look at what services, goods and services you are consuming and just do a bit of a sanity check on it, really. I mean, Absolutely. Even, even down to um, I've been speaking to people about their personal life risk type of insurances and, you know, what value are they getting for that um, premium that they're paying? Are they getting advice on a, a you know, a regular basis from their, their risk writer to make sure that their covers are up to date and relevant and, you know, that they're not going to have some nasty surprise when, when it comes to claim time if that unfortunately happens. So, you know, there's a yeah. whole range of things that people can be spending their time on, not just sitting around in the corner you know worrying <laughs> yeah yeah and I think we do we do as human beings we do have a tendency to catastrophize mm. and to assume the worst mm. but I think that if you just take a deep breath put everything out on the table and really have a look through with it you can then take an action mm. because while it's all still an unknown and an unquantified fear it's, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that you can't do anything. Perhaps the worst will happen uh, simply because you just haven't confronted all of that and had a really good hard look at it. And it doesn't need to be everything in one hit. No, no. If, if, you know, like I said, we're all struggling with overwhelm from a whole lot of different areas. Even if you just said, right, today, like if you made a list and there's 10 things on the list and you go, right, this week I'm just going to do two. And next week I'm going to do the next two and the next two and the next two. Yeah. And you may even find that because you feel a sense of accomplishment going, oh, it wasn't that hard and they were actually quite reasonable and I feel that I'm in a better place because of that conversation, you may feel that, oh, well, 
it won't be so hard to ring the next person and the next person. One thing I was going to say, and I often speak to my clients about this, is that typically with us all having such busy lives, that one person in the family tends to manage the finances, you know, is the main decision maker around investments. But I always encourage my people to, you know, come together as a household and have those conversations. The reason for doing that is that if something were to happen to the person who is the family CFO, then there's someone else that understands what's going on and can pick up on that. And it's a great opportunity to teach your kids about money i mean one of the big things that i concern myself with is that kids don't touch money the same as they did when my son was a child money isn't necessarily coming through their hands and because there's so much electronic you know you tap and go at the shop you tap and go at the coffee shop everything's tap and go kids have a different sense of money and so it's really important to bring those conversations back to the kitchen table and have at least a monthly conversation about money and where you are as a family. And I think that if that you take that opportunity to talk about how you're feeling then, that's another little way to help decompress, that you're not holding all that in or, you know, particularly if it's you that's the family CFO, you're not holding in yes. all that anxiety and worry about the money, that it's somewhat shared and, and it helps it to calm things down because, you 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 know, other people understand what's going on and other people can, you know, come up with ideas and help to get through all of this. So did want to talk now, Shalana, about what difficulties you faced as a startup and what you've done to work through those issues. Number one is building a client base. I've found that I am still open to buying a book, but I think that it's not as popular as what it once was. Obviously, it has its own challenges as well as to the quality and what you're actually buying. But With that challenge, I've just found that I just need to get out there, connect uh, with, you know, my local community, connect with people in the periphery of my community as well. So I've taken to joining business networking groups and even some of my opportunities, the clients that I've acquired have just been serendipity. You know, as I mentioned, when we first started, I set the business up and opportunities came that I thought that I would sit down and just write down my list of clients, where I acquired them, just to see if I could actually replicate that sort of formula going forward to acquire more clients. And the sad thing was, is that unfortunately, no, whether it was just chance conversations with a mum because our our two sons were off doing paintball or whether it was just a workshop that I attended that we I just got chatting uh, with somebody and they said oh we need somebody that's got your skills you know I just then just tied it back to I just need to continue to put my brand out there continue to have conversations let people know I exist the other piece has been cash flow because obviously I've gone from working in a full-time role to now not working at all, you know, with a regular income. Uh, and I've been fortunate uh, prior to the crisis to have investments that I could draw down on periodically to supplement, you know, our household budget. But like I said, with the crisis, I too will be, you know, looking at government assistance just to supplement what I'm able to bring in now mm-hmm. also that process and procedures I actually like I put together like a risk manual uh, with CPA Australia they provide you a model so I've just filled in the model and I've got the book I did that back in January but I had actually I've put in my diary sort of like a three monthly review mm-hmm. 
So that's coming up next week. But, you know, obviously with all the turmoil that's going on, if I hadn't put it in my diary, next week would have sailed past and, you know, I wouldn't, you need that discipline. I realised that sort of going from a full-time job to being my own manager does require me to be a bit more disciplined. You know, I've got a business plan that I, I was required to do, but I'm glad that I was because it helps me keep on track with the decisions that I make and keeps me, you know, aligned with where I want to go, what what are my goals, where I want to get to in five, ten years. Even if there wasn't this kind of turmoil, um, I'm just as guilty as the business owners that I help with sometimes being in my business rather than being sort of up above it and looking on my business as to are my actions taking me closer to where I want to be. Yeah. So what are three of the most common questions people are asking you right now? This is my situation and, and what am I eligible for with the government stimulus plans, the various ones that they've announced. Another one is, you know, looking at the software that they're using. How can that be optimised? And I guess lastly, working with the ATO because some of the clients that I've taken on, unfortunately, are behind uh, in their lodgements. So sort of coupled with the stimulus package and the support package that the government's given, unfortunately, some of the clients that I've taken on won't be eligible for that because even though it's not a requirement that all of your lodgements be up up to date, I'm anticipating that the ATO would be somewhat reluctant to assist taxpayers who are not up to date simply because the ATO has no idea of what the potential impact is going to be once all of the outstanding lodgements are lodged. I'm sort of working with clients to try and get them up to date. And, And again, that can be, you know, like we just touched on with household expenses, this can also generate its own kind of fear, particularly, you know, exacerbated now because of the cash flow impost that lodgements may make to the business. Yes. But, you know, sort of talking them through that you've got to lodge. There is no other option. There is no, you know, a way around it. And you've just got to work through it again, figure out what that number is and then have the conversation. Because even though we talk about, the tax office as some entity it's still a person on the other end of the phone that you're talking to you know there are people that work at the Australian tax office who if you explain to them you know what you're prepared to do and come to an arrangement in good faith they are more than willing to work with you but it's about that don't don't neglect your responsibilities Yes. with that in the hope that they will forget you. <laughs> no, so that's a pretty common mistake and one that comes up for me talking to business people all the time is, you know, this whole issue around cybersecurity. I mean, I'm guessing that people have got a lot of time, you know, even hackers have got a lot of time at the moment to figure out new and interesting ways to get hold of our sensitive information and one of the things people really need to be cautious of is, you know, if you're getting emails that don't look and smell right, don't click through links. And, you know, the same applies on social media. I actually wrote a blog post on that recently, which was in the Australian newspaper. So got any questions about that? More than happy to help. So from your perspective, Lana, what are the three most important messages businesses can get out there right now? I think who they are, like what they stand for, and bringing the positive spin of like how they can help their clients through this time. 
let clients know that they're open. Everyone, I think, is perhaps forming the impression that, you know, when they say essential services, our minds immediately go to police, health, um, you know, and education still at, at this time. They're like the only people on the road who, you know, should be open. But all of smaller businesses who have done that pivot for contactless delivery have partnered with apps so that, you know, you can place your order and they can then just deliver it to your door or you can go to their door and stay in your car. Essential services to me are things like accountants and CFOs helping businesses get through this time and people like myself, financial advisors who are working with people on their personal finances but can also talk about the business side of things. It's just so important to make sure that people, you know, have access to those sorts of services. What I'd say is that I don't think it's a sales sort of environment right now. I mean, no, no, no. Is, is, you know, more about servicing people and, and helping them. And as I said earlier, you know, that whole notion of giver's gain right now. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, this, you know, like one of my clients that I'm working with, I, I admit so, some of my hours are hours obviously that I'm spending getting to know his business because it's a new client for me. So I want to make sure that I fully understand where he's at and what he does and all of that. But, you know, I'm never giving of my time with 100%, you know, billable time. Yeah. I think it's about adding a great deal of value right now yeah. to, to people. So what are you working on behind the scenes right now? <laughs> so I'm working on a business checkup for businesses. So putting together essentially, you know, questionnaires and then action plans behind that um, for a business who's, like I said, you know, perhaps at this point in time when a business owner is standing back and going, hang on a minute, I've been running this business for X number of years. I thought I would be here, but actually I'm here. Mm. And they're not quite sure why there's a gap. Yeah. You know, I can certainly provide them support in understanding what that gap, why that gap's happened mm. and potentially how to close it and to for them to like I say be on the beach if you want to be out of your business sunning yourself somewhere lovely with a pina colada then you know let's make a plan around that to get you there because again I think we're all guilty of being busy being busy in our business and not realizing that you know our business plan said we were going this way and we've ended up going that way mm. um so i like i said i'm working on some tools for business owners to at least give them some further understanding of you know where they're at and we've been working on some workshops together so we have it's very exciting we'll be launching the aspire to thrive workshops very soon so yes. they're aimed at um, business women and uh, you know how they can get a, a lot of balance in their in their life and in their in their work and businesses so that's exciting stuff that comes it is it is it is i'm um looking forward to doing that in person on a stage you know but that will be like, it, like it will be even more exciting that we can actually do it i've you know looking at movies or looking at things that have been pre-recorded with crowds of people and, you know, <laughs> going outside. And it's like, oh, that's going, to be, that's going to be so good when we can do that again. So what are, sure. three, what are three things our listeners can do right now today to help themselves and their business thrive in the long run? 
I think that if you are experiencing cash flow difficulties, that you pick up the phone to your major suppliers and to people like government. I think you also need to speak to your accountant about your lodgements. There are some things that you can do in this current March buzz to give yourself a little bit of extra cash. I think you also need to speak to your accountant to make sure that you're structured properly, how you are interacting with the Australian Tax Office and with the other government, with your Centrelinks and all that kind of stuff, that you understand what your obligations and responsibilities are, particularly in terms of things like the JobKeeper package, where the onus is on the employer, not on the employee, to get that into the business. And also I think it's time for, you know, reflection, reflection for yourself, you know, reflection on your business as to where you truly are going to be in another 12 months. And again, whether that's involving a business coach, an accountant, your solicitor, it's certainly not something that you need to do, you know, by yourself. So where can we find you online, Shalana? And do you have any go-to resources for our listeners today? Okay, well, I've got websites www.growandprosper.com.au. I've got pages on LinkedIn and on Facebook that I post on three times a week. And I've also got some resources in terms of your process lists that you can actually start today on actually putting your processes down on paper. Okay. Well, we'll get that link or PDF from you and share that with our listeners Thanks so much for joining us today, Shalana. It's been great speaking to you. I love hearing how other startups have been going and what's been key to, to their success. So onwards and upwards from here, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Great. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed the show today and have some action steps you can take right now to get control of your money. Join me, Janine Wilson, next time for Finesse Your Money. Meantime, head to my website, www.finesseadvisors.com or email me at admin at finesseadvisors.com to claim a gift voucher for a discovery session with me valued at $150. Make sure you put gift voucher in the headline.